Previously, on the censor, we were following the young Hikadoth through his day, living in Tel Bathud as a four-year-old boy. We saw him chastised by Brother Kaibin, his custodian, and we went along with his toils as he helped Brother Tobek convey grapes to the impinated Brother Gomad. Fresh from this sermon, they were accosted by the Pabo, the archbishop of the abbey, who told them the tale of his meaningful dream. Though Hikadoff at first seemed to form some insight at this story, the child lost his courage and pled ignorance, and dejectedly did the Pabo go about his day. Then we left Hikadoff and followed the Pabo, who sought the number theory that Brother Fessia was a student of, and the two came to a grim conclusion in the matter of Hosebayan's future. Now, as we have skipped the first four years of Hikadoff's life some time back, we shall skip forward by five years and see what will transpire upon the tell. The Censor by Seth Brady Chapter 15 A Dialogue on Sebuts After five years' time, Brother Gendel, the master limner of Tel Bathud, had died in the midnight of his many years. He had long given up his work at the limner's shop, despairing of his unsatisfactory apprentices who would dry up the yon bars to a frail brittleness and hew the limnactyls into crazy, useless shapes and devoted the remainder of his life to the consuming of Zebits. Of all the skilled brothers within the tell, Brother Gomad's talents were the only ones which impressed Gendel by any visible degree, and Gendel was the only brother whom Gomad allowed to freely drink from the sooty stores reserved for by the limited drinking of the Hosea. What was seen by most of the brothers as cruel and unappeasable, Gomad saw as absolute shrewdness. There, in the cool dome of the wine press, the two miserable brothers would sit, Gomad atop the disc of crushing and Gendel upon a frayed carpet, and they would vie against each other in all fields of knowledge. Gendel would become increasingly drunk, and Gomad would eschew the drink. It's of no importance to me how sweet this wine is, O oh brother, said Gendel. The miasma works on all these Grapes without fail, and then the effect of Didia comes upon it. Oh, how lovely. My meditations are so much more difficult. That is why I don't drink the stuff, oh brother. I always ply myself to these meditations, and God has given us a tremendous set of means in which we may find a reductive approach to his mystery. Fine, fine, how sweet. Wonderful that you might say this as you crush the wine so that others may be annihilated in their course to the father of everything. Oh, only you may have the esteem of Papa, may you? Oh, do not be so artless, oh brother. You are a finer man than that. I am now, inquired Gendel, and the vitriolic old man coughed as he inhaled a drop of Tsebut's. Oh, fine, fine stuff, Brother Gomad. 
fine stuff. Now, that is artifice, no? No, you good man, this is good wine, even if it is fraught with muddy suspensions of yeast and grape skin. I feel as if I'm drinking a thick beer, like what one would drink for a breakfast. You know that it is only the Tsebuts, O oh brother. It is meant to be full of lees. The fine wine, the Sitakuk, is much clearer and strong. Why might I not have a cup of that? I've lived here for nigh on eighty years, and now I'm still treated as a slimy acolyte, drinking the sludge you pass off to us. Do you know that you look like an ape, Gomad? Oh, you are forgetting yourself, O oh brother, so I will not acknowledge your words. Fine, fine, lovely, very splendid. I'll give your limbs a similar attention, and by tomorrow your yanos will turn black and twisted. Brother Gendel, I thoroughly observe the hygiene of my limbs and yanos not only for my own health, but so that I shan't contaminate this wine with the dust in the halls. Very good, a keen practice indeed. And yet, the contamination that afflicts the Yanodes cannot be stymied by that sort of hygiene that you might use during your toilet. No, there is another sort of curse that we are dealt by the Mother Gudin's vicissitudes, one that cannot be seen or understood by man. This is why we take the Zataka, the purest sorghum wine, and we coat both the Yanodes and the Lancets on the Yanbas. I see, said Gomad. Now, why does this sort of ceremony prevent the black rot or the cystic closures while an assiduous cleanliness cannot? I suppose you understand how the miasma can make wine from smashed grapes, eh, Gomad? The answer is that I don't know, but it's the way things are, nonetheless. I am not cursed in the way that my personal reality is bound by my understanding, though I suspect you are cursed in such a way. Mysteries always occur, in spite of my will. I have tried many times within the enormous stretch of my lifetime, and I have lived a blessedly lovely long life. I have tried to understand everything without merely guessing at it. Alas, though my skull is large and has grown larger in these years, it cannot accommodate the letters in God's book. God's book? Very poetical, Gendel. Your years have granted you some whimsy. It is a real book, you heathen. Just ask the Pabo. He's ratified every single theory that I've sought to canonize. Out in Dinia's wasteland, where I suspect you might find yourself one day in spite of your devotions, under the great slabs of bedrock which supports that sea of sand, you will find a colossal book, which the planetary stonemason will... Every day, open up to disclose a great ream of papyrus on which is writ the entirety of Yos's history. He will do this every day so that God may dictate to him the events of the day in his world, and then close the book, once again restoring the blasted floor of the desert. I may be young by your comparison, but I am far too old and educated to listen to such a seaside fable. Are you quite well, O oh brother? 
Very well, fine, excellent, do not dare to listen to the weird stories of an old polymath. But know this is why those foolish Baitashir wander in the desert, for they wish to glimpse their god in the glory of his craft. So, said the winemaker, you would theorize on the tales told by apostates? Why not? They believe in Yos as well, though they are heathens. It is true that Baita made the earth in the shape it is today, for he is the left hand of God. It is in the Banath, just like the Taramkits, who believe correctly that the supreme artist made the first set of limbs for Jaka and Wina. No, brother, let's not speak so. We are... We're getting close to blasphemy, are we? I don't think so, Gomad. This is the Banathian truth. This is Yos's will. How lovely is it for the Pabo to have warned us that the barbarians would weaken the Hosea by exploiting our bigotries, and we have yet to change in any way. Do you know why the Taramkits are such talented limners? I cannot comment. Do not comment, then. Your approval is not required for the world to make its course. This is how it is. I am drunk, the heathens are brilliant at limning, and you are insufferable to most people. Silence. It had never got to such a pitch between these two brothers, and neither brother could bear it. I am not insufferable, said Gomad. The brothers always come in here to listen to me. They come in here for the wine, you baby. They do at that. Now oh, do not despair at this, Gomad. There is no shame in speaking through your craft and keeping your ape-like mouth shut. Another silence occurred, and it was less unbearable. You should leave now, Gendel. Fine, fine. I'm very sleepy anyway. I hope you... As the old brother rose to his feet, waving off a perfunctory attempt by Gomad to help him up, he froze and then fell backward. Gomad remained still, held back by the old man's waving hand, and watched as Gendel's spotted pate made contact on the sloping wall of the room with a wooden cracking sound. He continued to fall, his feet caught on the sitting rug as it slid away from the wall as slow as realization. Though it all happened very slowly, Gomad did not rise to his feet until Gendel was stretched out on the floor with his skull bunched against the corner. As he scrambled off the press's tub and shuffled fearly to the prostrate old man, he could see a circular impression in the stone where Gendel's head had hit. Between this and the floor was a trail of peeled skin and bright, smeary blood, though the actual wound was mercifully hidden against the wall. Gendel's hands were still held up, still waving Gomad away. His face was wide open with terror. Brother? Brother, are you all right, Brother Gendel? Gendel was staring up into the tip of the dome, where a small hole had opened up into the blue sky. The structure was meant to keep the room cool by selectively removing the rising warm air, and so it was doing just that. A high and hollow tone rose and vibrated the chamber as a breeze shot through the vent. Gendel? What happened, Gendel? Gomad made to haul the old man up. You should lie down, brother. Let me accompany you to your room. No, Gomad, I'm fine. I just fell. I will stand on my own. 
though Gendel spoke with his jaw uncomfortably pressed against his sunken chest, his voice was somewhat shrill. Oh, all right then. Gomad kept his arms to his side, unsure as to whether he should heed these words. Gendel then brought his arms to the floor as if to push himself upward then, and he managed to raise himself a little, but he froze and sunk to the floor again. His eyes were closed at this point, and his breathing seemed to gain a steady rhythm. Gendel? There was no answer. Are you asleep, Gendel? The Censor is written and narrated by Seth Brady, with music by Noah Pardo. This is Seth Brady, and uh, I'm afraid that is how the episode ends. Um, to answer your question, well, no, go mad, uh, not go mad, Gendel is breathing, so he's not dead. But um, you can probably guess that's not good what happened to him right there. No, it's, um, this is a bit of a downer ending, I'm sorry. Last last week uh, it was about um, the ill fate of this city, and now it's about uh, this old man and his, uh, well, we'll see what happens to him next week, huh? Anyway, uh, if you want to ask me any questions, uh, tweet the show at, at T-Sensor, or, um, you know, uh, you can just direct message me there as well. Um, if you want to learn more about the show, the lore, if you want to listen, uh, go to the just exactly as that, that sounds T H E C N S E R.com. Uh, if you want to listen to more of, uh, Noah's music, uh, I, I've been having some trouble when I looked up his, his uh, Instagram account, I've been having trouble finding that. So, uh, the best thing to do is just, you know, search on Google Noah Pardo, uh, at SoundCloud, and then then just go to a SoundCloud page. That's probably the best way to f- listen to his uh, listen to his wonderful music, which I sought out, heard it, and I thought this is the um, this is the soundtrack of Jose Bain. This is what I think of when I think of the the uh, the unfolding of the chronicles, the um, the reading of the canon, the suffering of the Taramkits, and um, and Hikadoff's life. As it um, as it continues in front of us, before us, but let's let's see, let's see what happens to Hikadoff. I mean, I I already know what happens to Hikadoff. I I invented his this whole person. He's a fake fictional character, and so and so is this religion. The the worship of Yos or Baita or Dramtor. It's not worth looking into. Why? Well, it's made up. I, I didn't have some, you know, epiphany or prophetic dream regarding Yos or Baita or Dramta or any other made-up god. Um, I'm just making a story, which might be seen as some to be mocking monotheistic religion, but it's really not meant to do that. Uh, religion is part of a human of human history and also kind of part of human behavior and biology and for all i knew for all i know 
it could be true. I suppose we don't know what really happens to things that we don't see. And even though even things we see might be a lie. I, I tend to go by Occam's razor and assume that the easiest thing to assume is probably the truth. Um, but, you know, this, uh, this isn't about the truth necessarily. This is just a story. This is just something to go along with. And usually the rules of this story are going to, are going to uh, well, follow the rules of, you know, the Bible. Sort of how things would unfold in the Bible, which is to say anything can happen. That that might also be considered offensive, and I don't mean it that way. But from someone for someone who doesn't believe in God, if you read the Bible, it seems like anything is possible in this world. And so it is in Hosi Bain. Somewhat. We'll see. There might be some restrictions, but in this world, Yos is real, and he is, as they say, the father of everything. And, um, well, he could off... He might, maybe he is the, the son of Yos. Maybe, uh, maybe William was uh, magically, con- you know, magically impregnated by Yos through the hand of Dramtor, his, uh, his avatar on Earth. We'll see. The, these things probably, probably will be verified in this narrative. You just need to follow me with, with you know, follow me. You just need to follow me, please. Follow me on this journey. Listen to this show, subscribe it, like it on iTunes. Please review it. Tell me exactly what you think. I don't care if it's mean. I prefer it wouldn't be, uh, because I've worked very hard on this show, but uh, I, I really, more than anything, I just would like to hear from you. I'd like to hear an opinion of someone who's listened to this. Uh, and if you do, if you like it, and even if you don't like it, if you say... If you tell a friend, please listen to this awful show, it'll make you so angry. I'd like that too. Anyway, to whoever's listening, thank you, my friends.